is God, you are alive. You are our hope. And Lord, we recognize right now that we are talking to a living God. We are talking to a God who cares for us, a God who loves us, a God who is forever faithful. Help us to keep our eyes fixed on you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for your death, for your burial, for your resurrection, for the reason to sing this morning. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Pretty good singing for a sick man, isn't it? <laughs> Thank you guys for leading us this morning. So today I want to talk about belief. Some things I know for sure about belief. The miracle of belief and understanding that belief is a miracle. We know that regardless of what we think, regardless of our process of going from unbelief to belief, uh, we don't manufacture belief. We don't make it up. Uh, we don't have the ability to wake up in the morning and think, I'm going to start believing. Today is the day that I start believing. We don't write down on a calendar that, you know, September the 13th, I'm going to sit down and begin to believe. It's only possible through the work of the Holy Spirit. Only God makes that possible. And so we are the receivers of belief and we begin to believe after God makes it possible for us to believe. And so it really is a miracle. My belief story happened that there was unbelief. There was no understanding of God. There was no thought about spiritual things. And then people began to talk to me about the gospel. I had some friends that picked me up one night and took me down on the Contra River by Lone Wolf Bridge in San Angelo, Texas. And they sat down and they said, we want to talk to you about what's happening to us. And, and I didn't understand it then, but now I understood what happened. But they opened the New Testament and they began to share with me what we understand to be the plan of salvation. They share with me John 3, 23, uh, I mean, excuse me, Romans 3, 23, Romans 6, 23, Romans 5, 8, and Romans 10, 9, and 10. And they explained to me the good news, what Jesus had done for me. Now, before that time, I didn't believe. And when they finished sharing with me, I didn't believe then either. But I started going to church with them. All of a sudden, there was a curiosity that I never had before. There was a thought process that was beginning to take place. There was questions that I started to have. I began to observe things that was taking place among my friends that had believed in Christ and had been born again. And, and I started watching them. And as the only way that I can explain it is that I transitioned from not believing, from never ever thinking about believing, to all of a sudden, I said, had thoughts about maybe believing. And then those questions began to take over and I began to wonder about this and wonder about that and try to figure it all out. And then it started in me, there was kind of a, I wanted to believe. I wanted to believe. And people would say to me, you know, have you thought more about what we talked to you about? And I thought, yeah, I've been thinking about it all the time. I'd go to bed at night, I'd think about it. I'd wake up during the day and think about it. And I was, I was thinking about it. And I was thinking about my life and what it would mean and how it all worked. And, and I'm sure that, that it was a, it was a very elementary process I was going through. It was a very simple process I was going through. 
but I went through the time when I quit asking questions and realized that I really wanted to believe and I was wondering how that was going to happen. And I said to one of my friends, I said, hey, tell me how I believe. How, how do I how do I become a Christian? How do I get what you got? And he said, come on, we'll go talk to our youth minister. And, and a man by the name of Scooter McCurdy that actually passed away last week and I went to his funeral, he sat me down and he shared with me the plan of salvation again. And he simply said, do you want this? And I said, yes, I do. He said, any questions? I said, no. He said, I said, but I don't know if I believe enough. And he said, you believe enough to be saved. He said, all you got to do is want it and believe it and trust it. And God comes into your heart. And so right there in his office with my friends there, I bowed my head and I prayed and I invited Jesus into my life. And so for me, belief happened at that moment, but, but not knowing it then, but now I can look back and see that what's going on was that the Holy Spirit was at work making it possible for me to believe. I began to hear thoughts. I began to hear him. I began to feel him. So we know that the Holy Spirit is at work making it possible for us to believe. We know that things happen with belief that don't happen with unbelief. That's one thing that I have seen happen time and time again, that when people believe, things happen. They experience things that are different. They experience understanding. They experience awareness of God's presence. They experience what I would understand to be the supernatural. If they, if they weren't believing, they wouldn't experience those things. And so belief has a power to it. We know that there is a connection between believing and experiencing God personally because of belief. We know that there is a connection between our understanding who he is and belief. Now, I know a lot more today than I did the moment I was saved. And if you compared what I know now after going to school and doing this for a long, long time, if I compared the knowledge that I have now, which still is limited in many ways, to knowledge I had then, I would say that I didn't have any knowledge then by comparison. But the reality is, it's not more knowledge, it's not more understanding, it's just believing. The disciples went to Jesus and said, Jesus, develop our faith. Help us to have more faith. Teach us how to have more faith. And Jesus said to them, fellas, look at the mustard seed. If you just have faith as a mustard seed, and a mustard seed is a very, very small faith. And so what Jesus is saying to them is, if you just got simple faith, you can see crazy things happen. And, and that's what the Lord does. Simple faith opens up the doors of heaven to us. So I want to talk to you about some of the benefits of belief. And let's begin in John 3.16. John 3.16, and, and it is our first benefit of belief. And so when you believe, this is what you get. This is what you understand. John 3.16, for God so loved the world. And, and the word for world there are people. 
It's not, so God loved the Rocky Mountains, so God loved the Mississippi River, so God loved Hawaii, which I do believe he really does love Hawaii. It's obvious by looking. But for God so loved the people of the world, he loves us. He loves you. He loves me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes, there's that word, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Now, the love of God sat there for me. God loved me before I understood he loved me. And so for me, before I believed in Christ, I really didn't understand, nor was I aware that God loves me. But the moment I believed, an awareness, a feeling, an acknowledgement, and just some kind of real weird sensation began to happen. And at the moment of belief, I began to be aware that God loves me. And that didn't happen before I believed. And so one of the benefits of belief, I believe, based on John 3, 16, is certainly understanding that we will not perish, that we have eternal life, but it's us being able to really understand love, God's love for us. So the experiencing, personal experience of God's love is made possible through belief. Now, let's look over in Romans chapter 1. Here's another benefit of belief. Romans chapter 1, verse 16. Paul says to the Romans, For I am not ashamed of the gospel. The gospel is the good news. That's what gospel means. It means good news. He says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. And we know Paul would shout it from the rooftops. He would tell everybody he saw. He believed in the gospel. He understood the gospel. He was not ashamed of the gospel. And today we're talking about the gospel. We're not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God for salvation. So the gospel, the good news, the good news that we were separated from God because of our sin God sent his son, his only son into the world and Jesus died for us on the cross and he paid the price of our sin. He paid the debt that we couldn't pay ourselves. It was, it's too much of a debt that no one can pay that debt. And it is the good news that makes this life wonderful, this life possible. It, it belief makes it come alive. And it says here for he is not ashamed of the gospel, for the gospel is the power of God for salvation. That word power there is a neat word. We translate that word in English into dynamite. The Greek word is dunamis, and we will make that dynamite. So you can read it this way. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the dynamite of God for salvation to everyone, there's that word again, who believes. So when we believe, when we believe the gospel, when we believe God's word, when we believe that Jesus died for us on the cross, there is a dynamite explosion that happens inside of us when we're born again. 
And that's what Paul says here. And it happens as we believe. For me, when I believed in Jesus, when I sat down in Scooter McCurdy's office and he led me to, to pray the sinner's prayer, we understand today, it, it, there's nothing magical about that. I just simply said, Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I need you. I want you. Please come into my life. An explosion happened in me. And, and I went from never thinking about church Never thinking about the Bible. Not, I didn't know where the Old Testament was, the New Testament was. I mean, I had limited, none, no understanding of the scripture. And all I wanted to do was read it and be around God's people. That's an explosion. That's a real change in my life. And today, sometimes I laugh about my life and what I've done. And, you know, for the last many 45 some odd years, Man, I've been focused on what the book says. Now, how in the world did that happen? How do you go from no thought about it, no, no motive, no drive, no ambition for God things, and now all of a sudden I live my life 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and what I focus on is what the Word says, what it means, how we can apply it, and, and what God wants from me. That's an amazing transition, isn't it? That's an amazing change. And it happened because I believed. It happens because he gave me the belief, and it's happened because I acted on the belief, and, and that huge explosion happened to me. So the dynamite is sitting there in your life. There is dynamite in your heart. There is dynamite in your soul. There is dynamite in your spirit. It's ready to go. The Holy Spirit is at work, and for the dynamite to explode, it needs to either have the match lit and light the fuse, or the detonator's got to be pushed. And the fuse is belief, or the light for the fuse is belief, and the detonator is belief. And so you may be thinking about spiritual things today. You may be thinking about what it says here and you're wondering whether or not it's true. You're wondering whether or not my story is, is legitimate or not, right? You're wondering if it could happen to you. Well, let me tell you, if you will believe it will happen to you and you don't know it's going to happen to you until you believe you'll be, you'll be wondering, you'll be kind of in, you know, in, in a question mode until you believe. And then when you believe the explosion happens and then you know what you didn't know. And you know now because you know, because you believed and you didn't know it before because there was no belief, but after belief, now you know, because the explosion happened. And so believe. And so Paul says here, he is not ashamed of the gospel for it's the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. So this power is for everyone who believes. And you can get some of that. First John chapter five. We see another benefit, another benefit of the gospel in believing in the gospel. In the book of First John, the word teaches us many things about assurance of salvation, about how we know we're saved. We know that we are saved when we love Jesus. We know we're saved. We love his people. We know that we're saved. We know that we have believed when we want to live for him. We no longer want to live for the world and we live for him. But it says in First John 5, 13, 
in kind of a summary statement. And almost like John is saying to us, in case you're wondering what you've been reading, here's why I wrote to you. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. Man, that's a good one right there, isn't it? You can know for sure about eternal life. These things, I write these things to you who believe. So once again, there's that word belief. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. So one of the benefits of belief is knowing for sure that you're going to go to heaven when you die. Man, that's an amazing, amazing thing, isn't it? Amazing thing. If you're wondering about death, if you're wondering about what happens, if you're wondering about how all that's going to work for you, when it's going to be and what's going to take place, we, we certainly, none of us are disconnected from death. We all have loved ones pass away. I had an aunt pass away this week. We, we're all connected with death. And through belief, through belief in Jesus, through belief in what Jesus has done for us on the cross, we can know for sure that we have eternal life. You can go to bed at night knowing for sure. You can wake up in the morning knowing for sure. You can have problems that just seem to be overwhelming. You can know sure about your eternal life. Lee, what are you going to do about that major problem you have in your life? And I said, I'm going to believe I have eternal life. Well, this, this looks like this is a really a problem for you. This is going to get you down. Yeah, I got eternal life, though. I'm going to heaven. I know for sure I'm going to heaven. How do you know for sure? Because I believe. I believed in Jesus, and his word tells me that I can know for sure about my salvation. So it's a blessing. It's a wonderful thing to go through life not wondering about heaven for you. And people often say, what do you think? Is your life after death? Is there's, what's going to happen for you? What do you think takes place when you die? To know for sure, well, man, when I die, I'm going to have eternal life. And I'm here to tell you that the number one gift that you can give your loved ones is this, that when you die, they don't have to wonder about your salvation. They know that you're in the Lord's hands. So you can know for sure. You can have full assurance of salvation. And then John 5, 24, 5, 24. This is some good walking around knowledge here. John 5, 24. Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. There you go. We hear his word. We hear the gospel and we believe we believe the Father who sent Jesus, we have eternal life. Do you have to get baptized to have eternal life? No. Do you have to become really, really good? No. Do you have to really grow in morality? No. Do you have to understand things about the Bible? Does your knowledge have to grow? Do you have to pass a basic course in spirituality? No. None of that. What do you got to do? What's got to happen to have eternal life, believe, believe. The morality comes after we believe. The baptism comes after we believe. 
the doing the right thing at the right time when nobody's watching, that comes after belief. The, the growing more like Jesus comes after belief. Jesus says, truly I say to you, and that truly, truly is this, you can really, you can really trust me on this. That's what he's saying. He said, you can bet your bottom dollar. This is cash on the barrel head, if you know what that means. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. Look what it says next. He does not come into judgment. That's enough for me. If you wonder why I believe, I continue to believe, I continue to trust him, that's enough for me. Do I need any more motivation than that? Nope, not for me. What does this say to me? Lee Brewer, with all of his sin, with all the things he's done, with all the mistakes he's made, with all the ignorance things about his life, he does not come into judgment. He does not come into judgment. I do not come into judgment because I've believed. I don't have to walk around wondering whether or not I am going to come under judgment. The answer is no. Do I deserve to come under judgment? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like Paul, I'm the chiefest of all sinners. There's, there is no one here in this room worse than me. Guarantee it. I'll stack my sin up against anyone in my younger days and probably a little bit here lately as well. I deserve judgment. I deserve damnation. I deserve to be cast away from God. But guess what? Jesus died for me on the cross. I believed in it. I believed in what he did for me. And God, the father, the owner, the creator, the master, the potter of all this, it's his decision that he counts me as good. He counts me as good. The debt is paid. The penalty has been paid for. That's not my idea. That's what he determined. And he has the right to determine it because he is God. And he counts my sin ledger as canceled, paid in full. And so I've got the celebration. I've got the joy. I've got the victory. I, I can look forward to eternity with that understanding. I ain't going to be under, I'm not going to be condemned. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I believed. It wasn't even my belief. I just passed along what he gave me. And I'm not condemned. It says he does not come into judgment, but is passed from death to life. Man, pass from death to life. That spiritual death to spiritual life. Romans 3.23 tells us, this is the good news. All have sinned and all fall short of the glory of God. All have sinned. All of us, universal. We've all fallen short of the glory of God because of our sin. To fall short of the glory of God means that we don't get to measure up to what God has for us. We don't 
We, we can't live up to it. We can't earn this. We can't deserve right standing with him. We fall short of his glory because of our sin. If I go to Lake Weatherford this afternoon and tell you that I'm going to broad jump that lake. I'm going to go over there and I'm going to run across that road, run across that beach. And I'm going to jump right at the end of the water. And I'm going to go far on the other side of those lily pads where that walk across the lake bridge is. What would you think? Ain't going to happen, is it? If I told you I was going on a marathon today, what would you think? Marathon, 26.2. Not going to make it, am I? None of y'all can make it either, so there you go. Wait a minute. <laughs> Lance did just uh, last week, so I, I, I stand uh, wrong. There's one here that can do it. Yeah, I fall short every time. I fall short every time. It don't matter how much effort I put into it, I fall short. We cannot please God on our own. All have sinned. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, that's spiritual death, what we deserve because of our sin. But look what it says, But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's look at the next one, Romans 5.8. So we have a problem. Sin is our problem. Sin separates us from God. But God did something about it. Does God love us? Man, he really does. He most certainly does. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It, one of the amazing things about God is God doesn't wait for us to get our act together for he loves us. He doesn't wait for us to get things cleaned up, worked out, straightened out. He doesn't wait for us to get a bunch of discipline before he loves us. He loves us as we are, sinners. It says there, while we were still sinners. He didn't wait for us to clean up. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. It's amazing to think that Jesus died for people that the, that the Father and the Son know will never, ever love him. And he died anyway. And then we see in Romans 10, we see that belief word come back. Romans chapter 10, 10, verse 9 says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. To confess means to agree with God about it. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sin. If we confess with the mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be forgiven. You will be made right with God when you believe. So there's that believe word again. For verse 10 says, For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. So with the heart we believe and are justified. That word justified is a great word for us. To be justified means that we're right with God and it's like we've never, ever been wrong with God. He proclaims us right with him, justified. And with the wet mouth, one confesses and is saved. And then it says in verse 13, everyone who calls the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone, 
who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So you're sitting there and you're thinking about it and going, hadn't thought much about faith, but all of a sudden I'm starting to think I'd like to have that. That's not from you. That's from the Holy Spirit. You're sitting there going, man, I don't want to be condemned either. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit speaking to you. It's just like you're fishing. You know, if you've got some stink bait on your little treble hook and you're down there and, and you're at the bottom and you're holding it there and all of a sudden you begin to feel this tug, this pressure. Boom, there he is right there. I, that tug on your heart, that awareness, that, that understanding that you might be having going, I think it's true. I think it might be true. I hope it's true. If, if there is that thought process going on that you hope it's true, based on what the scripture tells us, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you and saying, I love you. I care for you. I sent my son to die for you. If you will just believe, you will be born again. If you just believe, you will be made right with me. If you will believe, your sins will be forgiven. And I'll throw your sins as far as the east is from the west, never to dig them up. Only you'll dig them up. I won't dig them up on you anymore because you are going to be justified before me as if you've never, ever been wrong with me. That's the good news. And if we will believe the good news, eternal life will explode in us and we will know for sure about our salvation. Is the Holy Spirit speaking to you saying, believe in me. Trust in me. I love you. I have a plan for you. Let's pray. Lord, we thank, we're thankful for your love. We're thankful for your word. Speak to our hearts. Help us, Lord, to make the decision to believe today. In Jesus' name, amen. Ushers, come forward.